Chapter 5. Excuse me. Although the decision to allow Jake to attend public school was reached in anger, the results were far more beneficial than George could have ever imagined. What George had overlooked in the years that he was raising Jake and Izzy on his own was the fact that Jake was insecure and lacked confidence. The daily routine he had outlined and enforced for his children was grueling by most standards, and even though he praised them regularly, they had no way of knowing or understanding just how smart and capable they actually were. Being homeschooled and having little contact with quote-unquote normal kids had isolated them and deprived them of any kind of reference point for their own performance. For Izzy, this was not a major issue because she had always been easygoing. But for Jake, it was a huge issue. Jake had been born with a competitor fire that burned brightly. The drive to be excellent in everyone one does is not something that can be taught, as George knew from his years in academia. But from the time he could walk, Jake always seemed to have something to prove. Even as a toddler walking with George, he was usually running to stay that critical half-step ahead. He concentrated mightily to learn how to feed himself using the utensils that George had thrust into his hands. In retrospect, George should have noticed how quickly Jake picked up everything he was taught. He also should have noticed the intense concentration Jake exhibited whenever something new was put in front of him. It took a public school to show George just how right he had been in thinking that Jake was truly special and just how wrong he had been to not realize just how special he was. Jake spent his entire first day in public school taking standardized tests to determine the most appropriate grade level and the best curricular plan for him moving forward. Under the watchful eye of Natalie Albertson, the 45-year-old guidance counselor, Jake breezed through the first round of tests, the standard grade level exams. Because he was only 15, Natalie had assumed that Jake would be somewhere between an 8th and ninth grade level. She abhorred homeschooling, and her experience had repeatedly shown that parents had no business schooling their own children. She had to conceal a sarcastic smirk when Jake handed in his first test after only 45 minutes. These exams usually took even smart students two to three hours. She excused herself from the testing room and went to her office to retrieve the test scoring template from her locked file cabinet. As she adjusted the template, sliding it over his answer sheet and aligning the edges, she began to see the result. Jake had been nearly perfect. Of the 300 oval holes in the template, only two did not have black marks filling them. She removed the template and repeated the procedure, making sure that she had followed the instructions. Was this kind of score even possible? In 45 minutes? Was this some kind of trick? Determined to prove her own theory about the dangers of homeschooling, she went to her file cabinet and pulled out the 11th grade competency exam. She reviewed it quickly, scanned the instructions, and returned to the testing room really a small office a few doors down in the administration complex. Jake was sitting politely at his desk, reading a small paperback book that he had brought with him. What are you reading, Jake? she asked. The Art of War, he answered politely, by Sun Tzu. 
Yes, I know it well, she said, not sure if he was being a smartass by telling her the author. My dad is kind of into military history and stuff. I see. Well, I have another test for you here, Natalie began. You'll have three hours to complete this test. Uh, what test is it? Jake asked innocently. That's not important, Natalie snapped, immediately regretting her tone. I just want to get a better feel for your abilities. Okay, Jake said with an air of nonchalance. She set the test in front of him and said, You may begin. With that, he opened the test booklet and began. Natalie sat at her desk and watched with extreme interest as he began breezing through the questions, drawing perfect black ovals on his answer sheet after seeming to only glance at the questions. She narrowed her eyes and watched for a solid 15 minutes before turning her attention to a report she'd been reading on advanced placement protocols for an upcoming conference. An hour later, she heard Jake's chair slide out from his desk. Do you need to use the restroom, Jake? She asked, looking up from her papers. Uh, no, ma'am. Uh, I'm done, he explained as he handed her the test booklet and answers. <laughs> you can't be done already. It's only been an hour and... She looked at her watch. An hour and 15 minutes. Um, Jake stammered. I don't know. I wasn't paying attention to the time, but I answered all the questions. Natalie looked at his answer sheet and saw that all of the questions had been answered. Uh, Jake, we don't know each other, but I really hope that you're not playing some kind of game with me. You need to take this seriously. Jake looked at her, thoroughly confused. Had he done something wrong? Why was she angry with him? What was he supposed to say? He was lost. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I don't understand. I did the best I could, Jake offered, still confused. Natalie stared at him for a long moment before taking the test booklet and answer sheet from him and returning to her office with a curt, Wait here, please. Back in her office, she repeated her scoring procedure. She gasped when she saw that he had only answered one question incorrectly. Impossible, she said to herself as she double and triple checked the results. As he was waiting for Mrs. Albertson to return, the bell rang, signaling the end of a class. Jake went to the door of the room and opened it. Down the short hallway, he could see students walking between classes past the administration complex. He began to get excited as he thought about what it would be like to have other people to talk to, play with, and get to know. He was really looking forward to the experience. What he had no way of realizing is that he had already tested into his senior year. He would never be a freshman, sophomore, or even a junior, so there was no chance that he would be sharing classes with other students his own age. As he was thinking about how cool his new school would be, Natalie returned with yet another test. This test will be in two parts, Jake. You'll have three hours for part one, and then we'll break for lunch. After lunch, you'll have four hours for part two, okay? Sure. She set the test and answer sheet in front of him and told him to begin. She didn't tell him, and she didn't ask, but this was the state high school competency exam. It was given to all seniors, and a passing grade of 70% was required to graduate from high school in the state of California. As she left the room, she realized that she was now more curious than ever about just how smart this kid was. Was it possible that he could actually test out of high school at 15? 
She hurried down the hall to her office to see if there was any guidance for what to do with a student that was that smart. She knew it would be a huge injustice to force a kid like Jake to stay in classes that were so far beneath his level of intellect. It would be like forcing an eighth grader to finger paint and recite his ABCs with a class of six-year-olds. She had no idea what to do. She called the district office and talked to several people there, explaining the situation and asking for guidance. Nobody she talked to had any idea. Nobody had ever been confronted with such a situation. As Jake plowed through his exam, Natalie finally got the superintendent on the phone. She explained the situation, voiced her concerns, and waited patiently as the superintendent, Stan Pulaski, a career politician with very little teaching experience, considered his options. For him, facing a tough re-election campaign in the coming year, letting go of a student who seemed to be as bright as Jake Porter would be detrimental. A student like that could really bolster the performance of the school and the district. If handled correctly, it could even skew the statistics higher, raise his profile, and, of course, all of this would help his re-election. Let me call you back, Natalie, he finally said. Uh, what should I tell Jake and his father, she asked, sensing what the superintendent was thinking. Don't tell him anything yet, he shot back. I'll call you back. Uh, yes, sir. Natalie hung up the phone and looked out her window, noticing for the hundredth time how dirty it was. She leaned back in her chair and let out a sigh. This was not going to have a good outcome. She opened Jake's file and perused it again. She looked at George's information and pulled out her keyboard. She did a quick Google search on George and marveled at his credentials. She smiled when she realized that he was certainly smart enough to know better than to put up with whatever bullshit Pulaski was planning. After all, he was the one that had been homeschooling his son. She felt a huge weight lift from her. It wouldn't be her responsibility one way or the other. She would give her opinions, make her recommendations, and then leave it up to George and Stan to fight it out. She put her keyboard away and walked back to the testing room. How are you doing, Jake? She asked as she checked her watch. She had been gone almost two hours. Jake looked up at her. Um, he started slowly. He was nervous. Uh, I think I'm done. Is that all right? Natalie gave him a warm smile. She spoke softly in her most casual and soothing voice. Of course it is, Jake. She gestured for him to bring his test to her. She didn't sit down as Jake brought his test booklet and the answer sheet. She took it from him and put her hand on his shoulder. Are you hungry? He perked up immediately. Yes, definitely. Come on, let's get some lunch. She picked up the test material and followed him out the door. She stopped by her office, locked his test in a drawer, and led him to the cafeteria. Lunch period was over by the time they arrived in the rather unremarkable cafeteria. Two janitors were wiping tables, sweeping floors, and pulling large black trash bags from their plastic bins. Jake looked around. Even though the place was empty, he was energized. I guess we missed it. Natalie smiled again and whispered. I think I might be able to pull some strings for you. Jake smiled back at her as she led him behind the counter. She went to a small refrigerator and opened the door. She pulled out a tray of pre-wrapped sandwiches and asked, Hammer cheese or tuna fish salad? 
Ham and cheese, please, Jake replied, his enthusiasm waning. Ham and cheese it is. Chips? Yes, please. Natalie was beginning to like Jake. He was so polite. She grabbed two cartons of milk and led Jake out to a small table. They sat down and Jake immediately tore into his sandwich. After he had swallowed his first bite, he looked up and saw that Natalie was watching him. Sorry, he said, putting his sandwich down. I should have waited. Natalie smiled. That's so nice of you, Jake. She opened her sandwich and took a bite, trying to hide her disgust. The tuna fish sandwich was beyond nasty. She quickly washed the bite down with a healthy gulp of milk. <laughs> the belch that followed would have made any 12-year-old boy very proud. It escaped before she could raise her hand to cover her mouth, and its volume and duration caused the echo to reverberate off the walls. Jake was stunned for a second before letting loose with a reserved chuckle. Natalie's face reddened as she said a polite, Excuse me? I don't think that'll quite cover it, Mrs. Albertson, he said with a smirk. No? Definitely not. Jake was laughing again, embarrassed for her, but caught up in the comedy of it all. Natalie laughed as the harmless humor began to engulf her. I guess not, she said before taking a big breath. Excuse me, she yelled, exaggerating each word and gesturing with her hands. This made them both crack up even more. She took another bite of the sandwich, wincing as she choked it down. The facial expression was not lost on Jake. Here, Jake said, offering her half of his sandwich. I'll trade you. You don't have to. She was interrupted when he placed his half sandwich down on her tray and lifted the remaining half of hers. He smiled at her as he took a big bite of the tuna fish sandwich. His expression was as comical as it was exaggerated. He grabbed at his milk and swigged a big gulp. <clears throat> the resulting burp rivaled hers in its ferocity as he pushed himself to best her. He fell short, a fact that made them both laugh even more. Excuse me, he said, as if it was an accident. No more needed to be said. They both chuckled as they continued eating. After a long pause, Natalie said softly, You're excused. Thank you. Another long pause, and Jake spoke up. Mrs. Alberton? Yes, Jake. He looked her in the eye with a serious look on his face and said, You're excused, too. Thank you, she replied with a chuckle. Homeschooled or not, she was really going to like Jake. He was polite. More polite, in fact, than most of her students. He was obviously very intelligent, and she sensed that he had a very sharp wit. She frowned slightly when she realized that he probably had a propensity to be a smartass, but in the big scheme of things, this would be no more than a minor annoyance. Yes, she was sure that she liked the kid. As he patiently waited for her to finish her lunch, she moved on to the bigger problem. How was she going to handle his curriculum in a way that would be fair to his prodigious intellect? When George showed up that afternoon to pick up his son, he was surprised to see Natalie standing beside Jake with her hand on his shoulder. Hi, Jake. Hi, Mrs. Albertson. Hi, Mr. Porter, she answered with a smile. Call me George, please. Her smile grew bigger. 
I have to tell you that we have a problem, a very unique problem. George frowned and his face reddened. Already? What did he do? He asked, glaring at Jake. I'm sorry. I guess problem is the wrong word. He didn't do anything wrong. Just the opposite. Our difficulty is that we don't know where to put him. He tested off the charts today. In fact, he passed the California high school graduate exams with flying colors and in record time. She was beaming like a proud parent. George was stunned. He had no idea. Really? Yes, really. George looked at his son and began to smile. Well, Jake, what do you think? About what? George said with a trace of annoyance. George looked at Natalie. So what should we do? To be honest, I'm not sure at this point. The superintendent is flying in tonight, and we'll talk about it tomorrow. She looked at Jake. Jake is certainly welcome to come in tomorrow and audit some of the classes, but he may get a bit bored. I want to come, Dad, please. Okay, then what? Well, I think we can set up some sort of independent study program and get him ready for college. I'll go over it with the soup, and we'll present some options. Can we meet tomorrow around lunchtime? Uh, sure. 12.30? That'll be perfect, Natalie said, gently pushing Jake towards his father. Do I get a say? Jake asked, worried. Of course, George said, reaching out and putting his hand on Jake's shoulder. Tomorrow, then. Thank you. Jake turned, jogged back to Natalie, and gave her a hug. It caught her by surprise, and it took her a second to return the hug. Thanks, Mrs. Albertson. See you tomorrow. See you tomorrow, Jake. With that, George and Jake got into the Humvee and, and pulled away. Several students gawked at the Humvee as they left. Most had never seen a true military vehicle before, and George's Humvee was magnificent and formidable. To a high school student, it was an awesome sight indeed. Natalie stared after them, the smile never leaving her face. Neither George nor Jake was sure what to say on the ride back. They were both lost in their own thoughts. Finally, as they approached the ranch, George spoke up. I guess it's better to be a smartass than a dumbass, huh? Jake laughed. <laughs> yep. I guess you have some thinking to do. Yeah, I do, right? I guess I'm proud of you, George said. You guess? Jake asked, smiling as he thought of a smart-ass remark. Well, okay, I am proud. The way you've been acting, there was no way to know that you're such a geek, George said with a smile. Like father, like son, Jake said with a straight face. George glared at Jake, and Jake returned the icy stare before they both broke up in laughter. I deserved that. Hey, you have no idea. You so deserved it. More laughter as they pulled in the gate and drove towards the house. Thanks, Dad. For what? For everything, I guess. Jake looked at his father. I'm beginning to understand why you're so hard on me, on us, with studying and stuff. George nodded. Izzy started showing me stuff around the property. You've really given this a lot of thought, huh? I guess. You think it's really going to be that bad? Worse, George said. All the king's horses and all the king's men, 
Couldn't put Humpty together again. Right. I think that society as we know it will be like Humpty Dumpty. George shook his head, put on a smile, and changed the subject. But enough of your dad's crazy theories for now. I don't want to ruin the mood. Jake smiled. I don't think you're crazy, Dad. Really? Not even a little bit? Honestly? Yeah, be honest. Jake thought about it for a moment. If you're wrong, it's definitely batshit crazy. He paused, waiting for a reaction. When George said nothing, he continued. But if you're right, it's crazy smart. George stopped in front of the house. He frowned a bit, thinking. And then he said simply, fair enough. And that was it.